We're talking today about the topic of computer data breaches with John Gutaski on Fox Rothschild Podcast. John is a partner and litigator with Fox Rothschild in Pittsburgh. He represents clients in diverse legal matters, including complex commercial litigation, creditors' rights, and franchising issues, as well as social media matters. John, good morning. Good morning, Mark. Thank you. John, data breaches seem to be in the headlines practically every day. Uh, Customers and the public have really taken notice, and perhaps more importantly, it seems as though Washington has taken notice. Yes, Mark, that's right. Uh, Recently, the FTC initiated an enforcement action alleging data breaches that involve the use of peer-to-peer or P2P networks. The action, which resulted in a consent decree, demonstrates that the FTC is watching and unafraid to act. The lesson is deceptively simple. All institutions need to carefully consider their data security practices so as to ensure legal compliance. John, what do companies really need to know or understand? Well, Mark, let me answer that question by describing a little bit more about what happened in the recent FTC case I just mentioned. Sure, what did happen? Well, according to the FTC complaint, an auto dealer in Georgia named Franklin Toyota operated a franchised auto dealership that sells and leases both new and used automobiles and also offers repair services and parts. Importantly, because Franklin Toyota offers financial products such as loans and leases to its customers, it qualifies as a financial institution under the terms of the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act. John, how did the dealership run afoul of the law? Well, like many businesses that offer financial products, Franklin Toyota provided its customers with statements regarding privacy and data security practices. The dealership's policy was to restrict access to non-public personal information only to those employees who need to know that information. For example, so as to provide products and services to a customer. Franklin Toyota also promised customers that it maintains physical, electronic, and procedural safeguards that comply with federal regulations. Now, despite these promises, the dealership did not provide customers with annual privacy notices or a clear and conspicuous opt-out notice explaining their right to prevent the sharing of non-public information. John, what types of information did Franklin Toyota collect? In the course of its normal business, Mark, Franklin Toyota routinely collects personal information, such as its customers' names, social security numbers, addresses, telephone numbers, dates of birth, and driver's license numbers. It stored this information on the company's computer network. So why was this a problem? Well, because the FTC alleged that Franklin Toyota's security practices were in violation of several laws and rules, including the FTC Act dealing with unfair deceptive acts or practices, the Safeguards Rule implementing the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act, requiring financial institutions to protect the security, confidentiality, and integrity of customer information, and a privacy rule implementing another portion of the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act, requiring financial institutions to provide customers with an initial and then annual notice of its privacy and security policies and practices. John, is it fair to say that the dealership was not really protecting a customer's private information? Well, I don't think that's completely accurate, Mark. While the FTC asserted a range of claims regarding data security failures, 
Its principal concern regarded P2P networks, which allow file sharing between computer networks. According to the FTC's allegations, Franklin Toyota allowed personal financial information to be made available over such networks. Now, you might know P2P networks as a type of computer program that allows you to commonly exchange music or video files on the web. Mm -hmm. But they can also be used to exchange all types of computer files. Even more, files shared to a P2P network, even inadvertently, are available to anyone with a computer connected to that network over the Internet. Files shared via P2P networks, then, generally cannot be removed from the network and may live on in that network long after they were deleted from the source computer. So, John, that placed a lot of uh, customers' personal information at risk. Indeed. The FTC has been concerned about the sharing of personal data over P2P networks for several years. In fact, in a 2010 report, the FTC stated that a far-reaching investigation showed that entire batches of sensitive personal information including health-related information, financial records, and driver's license and social security numbers, had been shared via P2P networks. The FTC alleged that the failure of Franklin Toyota to employ reasonable measures respecting the installation of the P2P software resulted in the personal information for some 95,000 customers being made available on the Internet. Hmm. Such information could have easily been misused to commit identity theft and fraud. John, how was this remedied? In brief, Mark, Franklin Toyota entered into a proposed consent agreement promising to adhere to both the FTC Act and the safeguards and privacy rules of Graham-Leach-Bliley through the design and implementation of an information security system that protects the sensitive personal information it collects from its customers. Franklin Toyota must further designate an employee to coordinate and be accountable for that system. Hmm. Also, Franklin Toyota agreed to contract with a qualified expert to conduct periodic written audits of its security systems. But these are just a few of the expensive and and burdensome agreements that the dealership made with the FTC. For those who might want to take a deeper look at the detail, they can review my recent article published in the Banking and Financial Services Policy Report. So, John, what would you say are the lessons to be learned? Well, the number one lesson is prevention and vigilance. Every company, especially those defined as financial institutions by the law, need to develop, implement, and monitor how they protect sensitive personal information of consumers. Companies need to investigate and implement policies and procedures which are commercially reasonable given the size, the scope, and the nature of their businesses and the specific threats that business faces. Regular self-audits of security systems are also necessary to ensure that systems and procedures are keeping up with industry standards and continue to be appropriate for the advancing threats and risks that business faces. It cannot be a program that you set and forget, Mark. Instead, it will need to evolve over time. John, is there anything more companies need to know? Yes. Systems are only as good as the people, the employees, who run them. Those employees must be trained on security systems and practices 
and really understand their importance. Courts have used this measure to decide who should bear responsibility and liability in recent cases. In one particular case, despite the existence of several layers of electronic security systems and robust security policies, a United States Court of Appeals found that decisions made by bank personnel in violation of best security practices were the reason why a bank failed to catch more than $500,000 hmm. in fraudulent bank transfers. Hmm. Let's face it, training is costly, but it's necessary, and courts are likely to conclude that robust education combined with industry standard security practices are the hallmarks of commercially reasonable security practices. In turn, such practices are likely to provide a bulwark against civil liability and a defense, if not a complete solution to FTC action. Well, thank you, John. Listeners, to confidentially discuss whether your company may be at risk of security breaches, please contact John at 412-394-5528 or at jgotaski, that's J-G-O-T-A-S-K-I-E, at foxrothschild.com. Fox Rothschild LLP is a full-service law firm built to serve business leaders. Over the past 100 years, we have grown to more than 500 lawyers in more than 17 offices coast-to-coast. Our clients come to us because we understand their issues, their priorities, and the way they think. We help clients manage risk and make better decisions by offering practical advice. Visit us on the web at www.foxrothschild.com.